Welcome to Happy Hour with the Three Tomatoes. Pour yourself a glass of wine or grab a cup of coffee because really, shouldn't every hour be happy hour? Cheers! Before we start our episode, let's talk girlfriend to girlfriend because we have a special message and a great offer from our friends at Pulse. We all know that when we go through menopause, we lose estrogen. But what we often don't talk about is how this can lead to intimacy issues. Sex can become uncomfortable and even painful. You may have tried personal lubes and were turned off by the sticky mess. Yuck. But there's good news. There's a new line of awesome personal lubes that were created by a rock star team of women. They include doctors, engineers, chemists, and sociologists. You'll love Aloe Ah, a luxuriously smooth silicone-based lube with soothing aloe and vitamin E. And H2O is a natural water-based moisturizing lube, and it's made with hydrating organic chia extract. There's no sticky, icky mess here, let me tell you. You'll also love the Pulse Lube Warming Device. And trust us, ladies, the Pulse products are game changers when it comes to great sex at any age. And here's the best part. Get 15% off all lubes with code 3TPULSE15. Just go to lovemypulse.com. That's code 3TPULSE15, lovemypulse.com. Learn more and get your discount. I'm Cheryl Benton, founder and publisher of The Three Tomatoes, and I'm your host of this episode of The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour. This is the time of year for resolutions, and certainly at the top of many of our lists is taking better care of ourselves and getting healthier and more active, and it's definitely one of my resolutions this year, and we have a great guest who's going to help us get motivated with small steps we can take to living a better, longer, happier life, and don't we all want that? Barbara Hannah Grufferman is a recognized expert on positive aging. She's the author of Love Your Age, The Small Step Solution to a Better, Longer, Happier Life. I love, love, love this book, by the way. Her, and her first book was called The Best of Everything After 50, The Expert's Guide to Style, Sex, Health, Money, and More. And that's also another very highly regarded resource for women over 50. And it's really all about embracing uh embracing our age and and loving our age. Barbara contributes to the Huffington Post, to AARP. She's also an ambassador for the National Osteoporosis Foundation. And she definitely walks the walk, or should I say runs the walk, because she didn't start running until she was in her 50s. And you've now run six marathons, Barbara. That's amazing. So welcome. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for having me on. And I just have to ask you, I think I should have a martini in my hand. Yes, what? absolutely. I mean, this That's... is happy hour after all. <laughs> yes. Please, if you would. Kind of, kind, of required, kind of required here for happy hour. Although we think every hour can be happy hour. So uh, we'll do, we'll do, we actually are talking in happy hour right now. So we can do a little clink, clink. So, <laughs> and as one yeah. of my friends says, you know, hey, listen, it's happy hour somewhere in the world. Absolutely. So <laughs> thank you for that great introduction. And, um, and thank you for bringing up the fact that I, I'm a runner. And yes, I started running at just about when I turned 50 as a way to lose the weight I had gained after going through menopause and to keep the weight off and to just stay fit. And well, it turned into one of my most important habits. In fact, I call it my foundation habit 
because from that one super duper important habit of what started out as walking and then eventually turned into running with some walk breaks, by the way, I do want to take very good care of my knees as I get older. Um, that, that other great habits were formed as a result. So yeah, see, I, I love that because I know for, for so many women and usually it happens somewhere around 50, things really do start to change. And we can start to feel out of control. I mean, sometimes it's the, it's when we first start to feel, oh my God, I'm old. Or we start to feel that, you know, we live in this very youth obsessed uh, society that's, you know, we may be feeling ignored and becoming invisible. And then we have to deal with things like menopause. Maybe we've gained a few pounds and suddenly the lifestyle that we've had just isn't working for us. I mean, I know that happened to me, you know, I, I, you know, and I think we all go through that. We're working hard in our careers and parenting and everything else. And um, for a long time, you kind of don't have to think so much about, you know, exercise and activity and what we're putting in our mouth. And then somewhere around 50, it sort of all changes. I, I, I know I felt that way. And I know you said that you felt that way too. So Go back a little bit to when you were 50, which isn't that long ago, by the way. <laughs> how, how well, I'm be 62 yeah. uh, very, very soon. Uh, so it's it's a little little back there, but you know, yeah. not you're right, not too far back. Yeah. But what you just described, Cheryl, is so my story too. And I believe that why what I say and what I write about in my books and the like really resonates with people is because they recognize this in themselves as well. This is not an an extraordinary situation. It's a common situation and a common experience. And almost every woman I've spoken with about all of these things, they all shake their heads. Yes, that is their experience. So therefore, you know, I know I'm not alone. You know, you're not alone. And uh, what I have chosen to do, and again, it does all come down to choice. I'm a big believer in choice. And, you know, I send my girls out when they were little, I would send them out like make good choices today when they were going off to school. And I still tell them that on the phone. Um, And it really does come down to choices, choosing, well, what, how am I going to live my life today? Will I do things today that will help me to live a better life today and in the future? Or will I not? Um, And you know what? To me, it's a very simple thing. I choose to live my best life now and I really make choices, I hope and I believe I am, that that is helping me create um, a, a path that will lead me to healthy aging or what I call also successful aging. And you know what? You may ask me, Cheryl, in fact, you may very well ask me, what is successful aging? If you don't mind, I'd love to tell you. My yes, please do. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a very interesting thing what has happened. And I will take us back to when I was 50 in, this, in a, a moment. But this is important and very important to me. When I was 50 and turned 50 and I was very confused and yes, I had gone through menopause and yes, I was you know, putting on the postmenopausal pounds and I you know, decided, hey, I'd better make some changes. And I better make them right now. And I did. And I'll get into what some of those very simple changes were that have served me very, very well these past 12 years and continue to serve me well. But when I turned 60, only, you know, about two years ago, my, uh, 
it's not that my priorities shifted, but new new ones became more um, you know clear to me. And now my big goals are: I want to be mobile and independent when I get older. I want to be strong and fit and healthy enough that I can be mobile and independent as I get older. Well, because there were yeah. so many different ways that if you're not that your life is affected financially, uh, in terms of your enjoyment, your quality of life. Uh, and certainly, as with the case with my mother, who right. fell, she's now 82, she fell just about a year ago, broke her hip. Yeah, I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a major, major, major ordeal yeah. for her, of course, and my family. And for me in particular, because I'm very involved in her care at long distance. And, uh, you know, now she needs a walker. She was independent. She's no longer independent. Uh, and this is not something right. that I uh, aspire to. Right. And I think that's honestly, if you talk to most women, I think that would be one of our biggest fears. And, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, 82 isn't old anymore. No. And and most of us, you know, hopefully are going to live, you know, well past that. And you know, we want to be mobile. We want to continue to be independent and on our own. So, you know, so that alone is, is, is a great reason for saying, okay, wherever you are and whatever age you are right now, I think to start doing the things that will help get you there. Right. Now let's go back to uh, your real question was like, what did I do when I turned 50? And I had this true aha moment and this epiphany and just recognize that if I didn't stop uh, some of the bad habits and pick up some better ones, then I was really going to be on a path that uh, was not a good one. Let's put it that way. Not a good one. I like to right. keep things very simple. Good, bad, black, white, you know? Right. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, one other thing that happened, and I do want to point this out is that, uh, just as I'm kind of thinking about all these things and wondering what path I should take and what I really need to do. And I started to think like, this could make a good book because there really wasn't one out there like this at that time, addressing women around 50 to kind of help us get on the right path and telling us what's best for us. And that's when I started thinking about the best of everything after 50. So I'm walking my dog, my then dog who passed away two years ago, and I tripped and fell and I broke my arm. Um, And it wasn't a terrible fall. So it was a little shocking that my arm was in fact broken. Uh, And this is important to my story because that led me to my wonderful doctor, my primary care physician saying, I want to know, why did you break your arm? You're 50. Uh, let's, you know, you've never had a bone de- uh, density test. Let's send you out for one. And then, well, the bone density test showed that I was not, I didn't have osteoporosis, but osteopenia, meaning low bone density. So right. I was on the road to osteoporosis if I didn't stop and think about what I need to do. Again, shedding the bad habits, starting to do some of the new habits, the better habits to kind of at least stabilize my bone density. So it didn't get worse. 
So all of these things were happening. And, and I want to, by the way, share with you that I've had a few bone density tests since then, the most recent one about a year ago. And it shows that I have, in fact, with these simple things, stabilized my bone density, which is super duper important because if you fall, it you is. break something. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's and back up again, <laughs> right? And Barbara, that's such an important message too that that we can we can increase our bone density. I mean, so many people don't realize that that uh, you know really. I mean, I've heard stories of you know people in their eighties who start you know lifting weights and and how that's uh, uh, you know really helped to improve. Uh, that situation too. So that's it. And there are simple yeah. things you can do. And as a result of all of that, I become very involved. I'm a trustee of the National Osteoporosis Foundation. Talk about this, write about this a great deal because it is all part, a very important part of successful aging. So when you're now getting back to, shall we now get back to when I was 50? And yes. decided like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh my goodness, I had so many questions, Cheryl. Can I still wear jeans? I remember that article that was in Oprah Magazine around that time. But uh, Ellen Barkin, you know, the actress Ellen Barkin had this like list of things, 10 things that you can no longer do when you're, when you've turned 50. And one of them was like, you can't wear jeans, certainly not for dinner. I, was like, I remember what? that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, what? Yeah. Don't tell me that. Yeah. Exactly. So I said, I, I got to really kind of investigate this further, this whole being over 50 thing. Like, what does this mean? I wasn't prepared for any of it. We never are. Because as you no. mentioned <laughs> early on, we, we just like breeze through life and we're not ready. We're not ready. We're not right. ready. And Something no one else tells us we're not ready for. No one else tells us these, these things are going to no. happen either. Nobody does. But except I hope I'm doing well, my we are. part. <laughs> and I hope, and I know you're doing your yes. part. Kind of sharing what we now know, Cheryl, right. with everybody else, right? Yes, and it's I'm so important. now to get to women who are even younger, like women in their 40s, to like, hey, you know, yeah, I started doing all these things in my 50s, but you have this knowledge now you can start a little earlier and you'll be yeah yes, the that, game. that's it that's such an important message and we're we're trying to help to to do that too so we're on the yep. same page with that one yep so i started running i started doing simple strength training because again this whole thing with the bone density came into play as well um, it's very simple things like push-ups, the plank, the squat. You know, I, I'm not a gym goer, although a lot of people are more motivated when they do. So go for that. Whatever makes you do it, then do it. Right. <laughs> Whatever works for you. But right. For me, I like to be quick and done. And so I, I just do kind of the home-based things using the weight of my own body. And it's all really, really work. But I've become such a runner now, Cheryl, and you probably know this, that I just ran a few weeks ago my sixth marathon uh, was my fifth New York City marathon, but my sixth overall. And this year alone, I've run 30 races. Uh, I become a little race crazy, but I find that that's one of the ways that I stay motivated. Not only what I see is the effect on my body, not only how I look, I, I think I look nice and, you know, the, the, my, my weight is exactly what it should be. I'm not thin. I'm not heavy. I'm where I should be. Exactly. In right. My yeah. You look fabulous. Yes. My healthiest weight. And that should always be everyone's goal, by the way, listeners. 
your healthiest weight, not somebody else's weight. Like, oh, that actress or that whoever, my neighbor is a size two. So therefore, no, it should be your healthiest weight. What does that mean? How do you feel the best when you feel you know, the, the most energetic, where your, your, your health check numbers are ideal? That is your healthiest weight. So keep that in mind, everybody. And anyway, so I did all these things, but then I also started to, you know, really think about what can I do now that I'm over 50 that I've never done before? So I was pushing myself. And this is something, too, that I found to be uh, a real surprise. Instead of slowing down, I did the reverse. I started to speed up. Uh, and by speeding up, I really mean that loosely. I meant like I started to embrace new things and try new things. And, you know, I wrote my first book. I learned how to knit. I started running and then racing. I mean, I just started to do a lot of things for the very first time after I turned 50. Right. Um, I just and that, found and, that really yeah. helps my brain and it just keeps me very engaged with life. Right. And that's such a, an important message that I always like to put out there too, that I think one of the great things about getting into our 50s and 60s and beyond is we actually, I, I feel so much more creative now than I ever did. And in many ways, I think I'm healthier and in better shape too, which I've heard from a lot of women than, than I was when I was younger. And I think a lot of that comes because we are freer and very often do have more time, kids are grown, there's more time to focus on us. And it can be such a great time of our lives. And we want to stay healthy to enjoy all that creativity and, and passion that we have now. Oh, yes, yeah, Cheryl. And by the way, you are like a living, breathing, fabulous example of all of that. I mean, look at your, your books and now your podcast and your amazing website, just a fantastic website. Ah, thank you. And you thank I mean, you, you do, you're right. I mean, you're like the, the you're living it. So, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, p other people are looking at you and saying, if she can do it, I can do it too. And that's really what I always hope when I'm doing something. I always say, if, listen, if I can do it, you can do this too. You don't have to yes. run races. You can get up and walk around the block a couple of times. I mean, you know, that's a small step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I found too many people, uh, men and women, by the way, start to feel after 50, yeah, this is it. You know, this is what being over 50 is like. Um, I, I, I don't have energy. Uh, you know, I'm uh, not as uh, fit as I used to be. Uh, sex is on the back burner. I mean, I can go down the whole litany of things. Oh, yeah. It's that like, people uh, just say, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Oh, it's part of aging. This is what happens. And, right. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. not just simply not true. Right. Um, you know what else is very interesting? And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, Cheryl, and I think I'm heading in the direction of a, a, my third book with this idea. But do you ever stop to think that, uh, especially for those of us, um, you know, who were born, like, let's say after 1950 or whatever, we're going to live half of our lives as a, as a postmenopausal woman. If right. you can believe that, I mean, it's just incredible. It's just incredible to me that, um, yeah. you know, it will be the first generation. Yeah. It will be the first generation. Yeah. 
absolutely. And we're not prepared for this, but there, our bodies change so much that I think that we have to start to really think about it a little earlier than when it actually happens because our bodies do change on so many different levels from head to toe. And, you know, I just feel like, wow, you almost half your life is in this state. Shouldn't right. you know a little bit more about what that means? <laughs> what I you can, know. And we're, what you we're, should do? Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of the, the, the groundbreakers here of figuring this out as we go along. And hopefully hopefully that will help women who are, who are younger too. So listen, I want to I wanna be able to talk about some of the topics in your book because mm-hmm. it, it is really such a great book. First of all, it's beautifully put together and illustrated. It makes it very simple to go through every single chapter you cover so many topics and it's not overwhelming. So many fitness and health books and just are because you get into it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do all of this. But you really do in each chapter help us to figure out some small thing we can do. So maybe just give an overview of some of the topics that you do cover in the book. I think that would help our listeners. Oh, thank you. And, you know, I really did try to, uh, you know, research and talk with the experts and, um, you know, see the latest studies and really study them. So I understood them enough to convey them uh, properly in the book um, and really curate as best I could with all the different chapters covering all of these different topics. So, and thank you, because I really didn't want to overwhelm. I really wanted to kind of cut to the chase as best I could um, and really have people try to do as many of these simple tips as possible, again, based on science. Um, And I cover things I never covered in my first book um, that I, I just find are increasingly important, such as brain health, and uh, sleep. I do even call that particular chapter, you know, about sleep, the third pillar of, of good health, mm-hmm. you know, one being nutrition, the other one being, uh, um, you know, exercise, what I really like to call moving your body. I feel like exercise people go like, Ugh, you know, I hate that word. So moving your body to me is so much more palatable. Yes. <laughs> so that's the term I like to use. But yeah, yes, these are important things. And sleep it, is too. We we now know studies have shown that sleep is critical to almost every body part, including our brains, um, and is very, very important uh, to a, a component of successful aging. Right. And so, that's a that's an area so, so many people, I, I happen to be very fortunate, I'm a good sleeper, but so many of my friends um, talk about how they have so much trouble, so much trouble sleeping. So it's a big issue. And, it's you know, a big issue. The, and by the yeah. way, that, that can, you know, that little dot can be connected directly back to menopause. Yes. Um, really is. A drop in estrogen really causes havoc. Yeah. On yeah. so many levels. And, and that includes the, um, the sleep issues. And not only, I have no issue, Cheryl, falling asleep. I fall asleep right away when I, when I want to. But I do find I still do wake up. And I'm right. using some of the tips in my own, uh, in my, from my, th- that chapter. It's so funny to me because in the first book, I definitely alluded to sleep as important. I right. mentioned it. But <laughs> this book has a whole chapter devoted to it because I now realize just how important it is. Yeah. Um, I also find that, you know, relationships, not just with your partner, but also, although that's super 
super important, but relationships with other women, with your friends, your girlfriends. Oh, your I love this part of your book. Yes. Thank you so much. I was, so was going to ask you about that because, I mean, it's actually research now that says people who are more socially connected will live longer. And I know, and I know with you too, we're so lucky that we have great girlfriends that we can surround ourselves with, but it's really important for our health, isn't it? It is re- super important for our health. And who knew? Really? I mean, you know, if you'd ask me what some of the like surprising things that came out of your research, this was one of them. I really, I, I knew it was a pleasure, but I didn't realize how crucial having those, that social network is. And the truth is that women just, I don't know, instinctively perhaps, but we are much better at maintaining and sustaining our social network as we get older. And that really is very helpful as we get older because yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of change involved as we get older with kids moving away and you want to talk about it with your girlfriend and, and you know, growing up and then, or aging parent issues with I have and so many women I know have, um, you know, job changes, spouse changes. Uh, there's all kinds of Stuff. You just want to talk with your friends about. Yeah, those, and opening up, opening up that bottle of wine and having happy hour with your friends, with That's your right. girlfriends. That's a great thing to do. It is. That's right. That's right. And it's not just one-on-one, you know, we're also spread out now. The social networks are important. Yes. I mean, even though I have my, my true friends, I have virtual friends uh, on many different social media platforms, people who I've actually feel like I've come to know. And I value that. I value and them. Yes. And they're very supportive and it's great. And I, and I love that. So I can't believe his time is flying by, Barbara. We, we, as we said, when we were starting this before we even record, we said you and I could be on the phone here talking for three hours and I I mean, really could. It's there is, we're going to have to have to do another podcast with you, but this has been such a great conversation, but I know that so many people who are going to be listening to this have really are resolving this year to get onto a healthier path. And we also know that for many of us, those resolutions can be gone in a New York minute. In fact, I read somewhere that approximately 80% of us will have broken our resolutions by February, and we don't want that to happen now. So I thought a great wrap up is to give us a little more motivation and maybe three things we could get started on now that we actually could keep going into February and keep some of these good habits going into 2019. Absolutely. And that's a great statistic uh, about how we just, I mean, that's why there were so many diet books every, you know, constantly because we give up on dieting and, and forget about dieting anyway. If th- that's the number one thing. Don't diet, just kind of make little changes in how you eat, you know, cut out the processed foods, try to cut down on sugar um, and quite frankly, eat less. <laughs> I know people hate yes. to hear that, but you know what? It works. As we get older, we don't need as much food as we think we do. We just don't. So if you can kind of just cut back on the portion sizes, and this is like a very nice thing, you will see an effect. And as it turns out, human nature says that once you see a positive result of something, you kind of want to keep doing it. So that's one of the things. Keep that in mind. So that's one little resolution. Nothing major. Nothing major, just simple things like that. Cut back on your portion sizes. And number two, if working out, exercise, 
start thinking about in terms of moving your body. And you can do that simply. If you're at home and working on your computer or in an office, get up every 20 minutes, walk around, maybe do a couple of push-ups or a plank, a couple of jumping jacks if you're so inclined, as I like to do to kind of get the blood going. Yes. Um, take a walk. Start by walking. I mean, if you truly haven't been doing anything, start by walking. It's the number one best exercise anybody can do. And if you can walk after a bit of time, see if you can just add a little bit of running in, a couple of seconds, maybe a couple of like half a minute and start to do that. And you'll see little by little by little, this will be an easy thing for you to maintain and sustain. And you won't give it up so easily because it's not a major thing. It's simple. Number three, I would definitely think about sleep, your sleep patterns, going to sleep a little bit earlier, getting up a little bit earlier so that you'll, you know, maybe be a little more tired the next night. Uh, I would really focus on sleep. These are three little changes that you can make. I want to throw one more, more in. It's, it's uh, okay. really simple and it's really fun and it's really easy. It was quite surprising when I read the research behind it. You ever hear about the polar bears in Coney Island on January 1st? They all go there and they go into the icy cold. Oh, world. gosh, They do yes. this all over the world. It came from yes. Russia, you know, the old country. Well, there's a reason people do it. It's not just to kind of be crazy, but it's a real health benefit to icing up your body in that way. But nobody really wants to take a cold shower, so I wouldn't ask anyone to. However, there's something you could do that's simple, and you get 75% of the benefits of putting your whole body into an icy cold shower. Fill up your uh, uh, like a bowl or your sink with ice cold water. Even put in some ice if you can, and dunk your face in. Hold your breath take it up, do it again, take it up, do it a couple of times and your whole body will get icy cold and you'll get the benefits. Your immune system improves, your blood pressure improves and you get that nice little pretty healthy glow. Wow. I love that because there is no way in hell I'm jumping in the, in the water here. in January. That is a great, great tip. These are all great tips, Barbara. And really, everyone can get a whole lot more of these tips in your fabulous book, Love Your Age, The Small Step Solution to a Better, Longer, Happier Life. Thank you, Barbara. And here's to loving our age. Thank you so much. You're a great guest. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. And Happy New Year. Yes, cheers.